LGBT. That acronym by itself is enough to send a lot of people on the African continent into a fit of rage. But have they ever taken the time to listen to the other side of the story? It's time to speak up. I'm Sean Macheza. So all I'm saying is everyone wants to be heard. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. I love what you've done. Claire and Melissa have dared to speak up for the rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transsexual, and queer people in their respective countries of Uganda and Kenya. They have put themselves at physical risk at times and faced the glare of a disapproving society. Claire is Ugandan, and she identifies herself as a Christian. We sat down for a chat, and I began by asking her about her experience growing up as a lesbian in Uganda. Religion has kind of been spoiled for us. Pastor says gay people are not welcome in this church. You try everything you can to change, but it doesn't work. Then, you know, you have to come to a place where you decide you have to love yourself or you talk to your God and decide that I've failed to change. Perhaps God loves me the way I am. Did you at some point decide I'm going to come out and tell people this is what's going on? I didn't really out myself, but uh, I've been outed in the local media. They they published a personal story. They put me in the papers as being part of a gay cabinet. Apparently, the LGBT community in Uganda has like a cabinet. They publish all these personal details, where you work, where I come from, and, uh, you know, the people that ask, is it true? I'm kind of forced to say yes, because then I can humanize my sexuality. So putting a face to homosexuality, I feel, is very important. My family you know, had a very difficult time. They even thought about shipping me off to rehab. I was actually forced to to take like a man home, like just to settle the rumors. He's gay, but uh, like no one knows that. Probably after this, they all know, but. <laughs> the questions stopped, although I'm sure they still wonder, but still, you have to make your family comfortable. How does it feel for you to have had to pretend to be something just so you could stop the... I mean, the like, I mean, I am comfortable knowing that, you know, I don't have to sleep with this man. He's just for sure, and that's okay for me. But I guess there's that regret that I'm not yet comfortable enough to actually say no. I'm actually lesbian, you know, to, to my family especially. You want to avoid that conversation for you know, as long as possible because you know the consequences. Can you like kind of take me through some of the things that you've had to do to ensure your safety in light of threats against yourself or your family? For example, I can't really walk around in town by myself. Like if I'm going home to visit anyone, I'll never go alone. I also can't stay in a house for more than three months because once people identify you as this girl on TV, the risk of attack you know, increases. So you have to be very tactical the time you go home. You know, Make sure you always have credit on phone to call anyone in case of any problem because uh, people's homophobia can go so far. Mm. Can you give some insight into why you think people are, are so fixated on your sexuality? The message from religious leaders, you know, the message from members of parliament. Ugandans were taught that um, gay people are going to recruit their children into homosexuality. Apparently there are these huge sums of money that come from the West that are given to gay rights activists to recruit or indoctrinate uh, young children into homosexuality. The second unfortunate message was um, 
if Ugandans accept gay people, then that means the population goes into extinction. Those two messages was what you know brought this whole increase of you know anti-gay sentiments and uh, harassment. If you haven't actually met a gay person and let them tell you their story, like this is how I was born, like this is my journey, like I've fought this, I have my issues with religion, you know, I'm a religious person, I'm a Ugandan, like no one taught me how to be gay. I have a girlfriend, I hope to have kids someday. You know, that kind of breaks some of these myths that people are genuinely scared of because I feel like, the homophobia in Uganda it really comes from fear, like fear that actually what this religious leader is telling me is true. People understand you once you tell them your story, your struggles, answer their questions. They might not accept you immediately, but there's like a light bulb that goes on like, oh, you know, she actually has a degree, you know, she's going to have kids in future. So once you start to talk about the issues, you know, people don't accept you per se, but they just say, you know, as long as you, you keep your things to yourself and, you know, you don't advertise them or whatever, there's, there's that level of understanding and tolerance that is built that is very, very important. There's one time we went to, like, an organization, and this man, when we brought up the issue of homosexuality, was like, if I was ever seated, you know, with a gay man, like, on my side, I would get a knife and stab him. And there was a gay man sitting beside him. So, you know, after, you know, talking to each other, this guy said, I'm actually gay. And what you said was really hurtful. Like, where were you coming from? You know, they were able to talk to each other. And this guy told him why he felt the way he was feeling. And the gay man said, no, you don't have to be scared of me. You know, homosexuality is not a disease. We've seen changes because of dialogue. In Africa and the rest of the world, um, when people hear that there's someone who's LGBTI, they, they, they have these comments where usually it's like, burn in hell. I'd like you to just say something to respond to this. I shouldn't burn in hell because I've done nothing wrong. You know, I'm only fulfilling uh, one of the Ten Commandments of loving one another. I believe that Ugandans are peaceful people. The spirit of humanity, the spirit of tolerance and love is still very much alive and um, I just pray you know, and, and hope that we can all come back to that place where we love one another despite our differences. That was South African artist PJ Powers with her song, 
there is an answer. You're listening to Speak Up, and we just heard from Claire. Melissa is a mother and wife from Kenya who identifies herself as a queer woman. When we sat down to talk, I began by asking her why she decided to come out in the open despite all the potential risks. You could say that the only reason I am out, per se, is so that people know that we exist, we can survive, we can counter all the social injustices, and that this country is a combination of different sorts, different kinds, different tribes, different orientations, different ways of expressing ourselves. Why do you think people in Kenya are so fixated uh, on people's sexuality, if they are, that is? I think that um, homophobia, specifically, is, of course, used as a political tool. You know, it just depends. You're trying to divert attention to serious graft that goes on in Kenya and serious uh, lack of uh, systems that function. So you need a scapegoat. And sometimes, unfortunately, the queer are on that list. But also... I don't think there are enough narratives that can relate a real-life person with real-life issues uh, to an ordinary Kenyan so that they can actually relate. And I feel that that lacks for good reason because some people feel that their lives are in jeopardy and there are some people who feel that they can't take the intolerance. But I think that at some point someone just kind of needs to come out and just say, here we are, we exist, and we want to have the same rights as anyone else. So when I'm having a conversation with someone who can't actually open their minds to something that's different from their own reality, it's to make them really think about even their own history. What happened 150 years ago in Kenya, before the missionaries came, before Jesus, before, you know, (laughs) there was still life, there was still culture, there was still tradition, there were still realities. And inevitably... People are going to have to shift the way they think. The core thing here is how to stay rooted with whatever you think is right and whatever you think is normal, although I hate using the word normal, but not to infringe the choices and their freedoms for another person. Do you think there will ever be an uh, open gay bar in Nairobi or, or somewhere in Kenya? I don't know. I actually want to kind of skip that step of gay bars (laughs) and gay clinics and say that I hope that one day everybody can go to Kenyatta National Hospital. If you're a trans man and you need to go and do a pap smear, that you can actually get the service that is needed. If you need to get treatment for STIs, that it's okay, you can actually name your partners and you can actually have them come in and also get treatment. I want to hope that one day we stop looking at each other's bedrooms and instead focus on getting systems that have more equity and allow people to actually make good and healthy choices. Do you feel your security may be uh, threatened sometimes? Being queer in Kenya... You always have to think about your security. You also have to think about your well-being. I have a family. I always worry constantly, are they fine? Um, recently, we also had a gay man who committed suicide in Kisumu. And his only request was to be buried decently. And um, sometimes some of those things 
override personal safety and when you think about the turmoil that someone has to actually feel that the only choice is to take their own lives then it kind of beats everything and i am just hoping for the day that we can actually sit down and ask ourselves why we make it so easy to turn to violence and even when we have very different opinions and very different doctrines why is it necessary for people to actually fear for their lives i do not want to feel threatened as a woman as a feminist as a queer woman i want to be treated with respect and dignity and that's really what this is all about this isn't just about going out there and talking about my personal life this is actually a little more than that and i hope that in my lifetime or sometime soon that this can actually happen if you were to have a final uh, candid comment with your fellow kenyans who might perhaps uh, listen to this what would you say to them from the heart it would be around issues of social justice we need to actually look at the people we vote in are they doing the job that we hired them to do regardless of who it is you're with and who it is you love and who it is you want to be with the thing that we need to keep and keep honest is kenya the people who preach intolerance and tribes and all kinds of divisive things are not our allies there's still one uniting thing all of us are equal people That was Melissa from Kenya. And earlier on we talked to Claire, who's from Uganda. Both of them have been fighting for LGBT rights in their respective communities. That's all we have for today on the program. Speak Up is produced by Radio Netherlands Worldwide and your local station. Check out our website at www.rnw.nl/africa. And we'd love to know what you want to speak up about. Contact us on our Facebook page on forward slash RNW Africa. That's RNW Africa. <laughs>